Welcome to Cancelled. We are here recording live in the wonderful permanent record studios here in Austin, Texas. I have to say real fast, if you have a podcast in Austin and you're looking to step that shit up quality-wise, you could do much worse than coming to permanent record studios. They really hook it up. There's beer in the fridge. Everything's super professional and nice, so definitely check that out. Plug out of the way. Jasmine is here. Jasmine Ellis, how are you? Good, as always. Happy to be here. Sleepy, sleepy. I am. You and I both. I'm, I can't lie. I I just got back from Essence Fest yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how was that? It was great. Yeah. It was a really good time. The only thing that people don't tell you about, like, what Essence, like, you have to have a plan of what you want to do because there's so much going on. Right, right, right. Um, but it's just a really fun atmosphere. I drove back in last night, and me and my little sister went to the Miguel concert here in Austin. Damn, you just did it hard. I know. <laughs> I drove eight hours. Got out of the car, like threw on some clothes, and then we went. And it was just so funny because, like, I kind of like forgot what it was like to be here for a second. Yeah, 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 like yeah, my yeah, sister yeah, looked yeah. back, and we lost each other in the crowd. And she's like, "What happened?" I was like, "Some white people pushed ahead of me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so much in New Orleans, not at Essence Fest. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't see a white person for like three days. I was in my element. I didn't have to worry about shit. I was drinking out of a pineapple and had on Nefertiti earrings. Like I was. <laughs> <laughs> like within Doing 10 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, why are all my clothes red, black, and green? What's happening? That's hilarious. At one point, this white lady last night taps me on the shoulder and goes, get up and dance. And I was like, I'll dance when Which, I feel yeah, like dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better not tell me what to do. And my little sister was like, why? And I was like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't scare me like that, colonizer. <laughs> definitely on when so I like it how was the festival the music the comedy festival you're doing it was great Black Girl Giggles was amazing it's such a cool concept of what they're doing and there's so many I mean it's it's amazing because I think people want to put black female comics in a box so we had people who were dry and witty people who were older people who were younger you know gay trans bi all different black women there was so much perspective and you know they always want to act like they can't put more than one of us on a show because we're going to be too much the same yeah 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 and I'm just. I, Meanwhile, every white dude in the, with a beard and the same shirt is telling the same jokes. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so refreshing to be around so many different kinds of women. It was a great experience. I loved it. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear. So, uh, Black Girl Giggles, check it out next year. Hopefully, they'll do it again. Was it like good crowds and stuff? Absolutely, like super packed crowds. Because that's the thing about Essence Fest. People come for the free shit sure, during the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like South by. You yeah. come and do all the random shit. And yeah, and they just fast, yeah. they're walking around looking for fun. I ended, actually ended up headlining a show while I was there. Nice. That was dope. I mean. Shout out to the girls putting that together. They have a podcast, Black Girl Giggles Pod, and uh-huh. they interviewed uh, Hannibal Burris recently. So nice. I'm super proud of them. They're doing great stuff. Definitely. Check out that podcast for sure. A, a ringing endorsement. Uh, let's get into it before both of us fall asleep because <laughs> I'm very tired uh, for no good reason. I did not drive eight hours and go to a Miguel, uh, Miguel concert. I uh, drank on a porch and was asleep by 10 o'clock. So I don't really have an excuse. But I am sleepy. So let's get into it. Episode number seven. Barrel Bear, this episode, like, dumbfounded me. Yes. I can't. I, all right. So here's the overall, let's break, like, sort of break it down real quick. Uh, the woman, uh, Rue McClanahan is a guest star. You might know her as Blanche from the Golden Girls. Fantastic. I screamed out loud when I saw her. I got so excited. So excited. Because when you first see her, I was like, is that? And then I was like, all capital letters, Rue McClanahan. Uh, <laughs> Uh, she is the first woman to survive going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. And she's famous for that. Mahandra, by the way, we have learned black friend's name. It is Mahandra. With I remember H. this. With an H. <laughs> um, she uh, freaks out when she sees her. She wants her autograph, this whole thing. And there's uh, some twists that will come up there. But it's about this woman and her. And the the inanimate object is a uh, a plastic barrel with a bear in it. And it keeps telling it, uh, uh, what is it? Give it back to her, right? Yeah. Give it back to her. And at first, she's here's the thing. So, she sees Rue McClanahan throw a quarter in the fountain, and she's like, and the bear says, "Give it back to her." At some point, Jay's going to have to figure out to not do the most immediate, obvious thing that the thing is telling you because it's never that, right? Like, never. It's not. It's never this. It's never the obvious. It's always a twist on that. So maybe give it a second and think real fast. Yeah. 
Uh, but she goes and tries to whatever. There's a whole thing. Um, I have a problem, and this is very nitpicky. <laughs> this is very nitpicky. I'm curious. So she's at the fountain. She's getting. She gets fined for taking a quarter out of the fountain. Fine. She kicks the bear into the fountain as the bear's telling her to give it back, like as it's talking. And then the bear's voice does that, like it's talking underwater. It goes like, like bubbles, <laughs> which would imply that the object is physically speaking, right? Yeah. That it's interact. Its voice is interacting with the water and causing these bubbles. But that's not the case, Chris, right? I'm the, not about to play with you over here. This shit bugged me. Pick, well, no, because, like, <laughs> here's, all right, hear me out, hear me out. It's the same shit. I have the same problem with, like, if you're going to do, like, a sci-fi movie or a time travel movie, establish the rules of that universe. They can be whatever you want them to be, but then you got to follow the rules of that universe. If no one else can hear these fucking objects, that means they're just telepathically talking to Jay they shouldn't be bubbling. I know it's petty. I know it's very petty, but it annoyed me. <laughs> I also found it annoying that it's the third time that Barrel Bear, Barrel Bear has spoke. Yeah, yeah. It was like, there's got to be other animals that can talk. They are starting to run out of ideas for inanimate objects. You can, you can see why this show got canceled. Like, yeah, 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 at one yeah, point, yeah, yeah. I think... No, I'm jumping ahead. It's I'm fine. sorry. I'm jumping ahead, but there was a point where Mahandra makes the, an- the inanimate object kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talk to each other about the kiss. That like, annoyed me, too, because the the objects don't talk other than to talk, tell Jay to do a thing. They don't just have conversations on their own. So now it's like, wait, is Jade really crazy? Right. Because this is, it's got to be like from her figment of her imagination. I guess, I don't know. I was annoyed by all of that. Um... Still super excited to see Blanche. Very excited to see Blanche. Her name is Millie Marcus, uh, is the character's name. I am a little also annoyed at Jay because at one point, Mahandra started like, going like, what do you mean you don't know who Millie Marcus is? She's like the most famous woman in this town. She went over the fall in the barrel. And Jay is like blown away by – she doesn't understand. Like, what do you mean in a barrel? Like, she does, she's confused by that concept. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you live in Niagara Falls. You have heard of that. And I've heard of that. I don't live in Niagara Falls. Like, and she works at the Niagara Falls gift God shop. God damn it. It's really inconsistent writing. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's always, whenever it's convenient for her to be stupid, she's stupid. stupid. Right, right, right. <laughs> and there's a fair amount of this in these next two episodes. Oh, for sure. Um, so she thinks, oh, she, so when she, we meet Millie, she's sort of like, oh, nobody gives a fuck about her anymore. She hasn't signed, she used to love signing autographs. She hasn't signed autographs and whatever. So Jay is like, oh, I'm supposed to give her her life back in this thing. So she's going to help her. She sets up like a booth for her to do like an autograph signing. Nobody gives a shit, uh, which I actually did find funny. Also, doesn't this episode open? We forgot about the opening of this episode, which is the manager being a dickhead, right? Oh, yeah. He tells her that she needs to step it up because he can't keep lying about her progress report. And then and ask like where she sees herself in five or ten years. And... Well, she he says if you buckle down and show some initiative, you can make sure there's always a place for you here at Wonderfalls. I would kill myself <laughs> if there was always a place. If I just if I'm thinking about my future at the gift shop at Niagara Falls, I'm going over the falls. Uh, it is amazing the amount of like teeter tottering you have to have when you have a menial job like that. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh, I want to make sure that you guys know that I'm super committed to working at this JC Penney's photo studio. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want I don't want to get fired, but also I kind of a little bit want to get fired, but I know I can't. So I really got to walk a tightrope. Make him think that you're going to stay there for the rest of your life. It's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Um, there is some weird. Again, the show has its issues with like wokeness. Oh yeah. At, uh, at one point, she says to uh, to the bartender, who, by the way, should show you how much I don't give a fuck about him. Is like, Eric. Little, couldn't give a shit. Um, they say his name like 10 times in this So movie. many. Both of these episodes are very Eric-centric. When I watched the like the previously on, I was like, oh, we're going to get some like Eric backstory, maybe get into this whole thing with the wife. Maybe finally meet Heidi, the wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not so much. But they are very Eric-centric. And uh, she says to him at one point, she goes, this is sadder than when we saw that hooker getting beat up by that other hooker. And I was like, why is it always like a sex work? Like, you know what I mean? There's always some like, oh, the tranny in the wheelchair or the whatever. Like, I know it's 2004 or whatever, but man, they are really reliant on that shit. Yeah, it's a little surprising. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of things I thought were very interesting about this episode. It kind of keeps going 
from that point after they they because I think it's adorable how much excited Mahandra is because yes. you get to learn a little bit more about her and you realize that she likes being from Niagara. She's she proud of she it. likes the town. She likes the history of the town. I will say that it is very adorable at first, and it becomes completely fucking insane. And her the way she handles it is fucking nuts. No, I love how every time like she's the first woman to go of Niagara in a barrel and live. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and live. Like, For sure. Well, it, it set me on a little bit of a, like, a, I went to things that have gone over uh, Niagara Falls in a barrel, like a Wikipedia page. A very There are people that lived and there are very people that did not. Um, oh my God. One of them was like, a guy went, was like strapped into like a harness in the barrel or whatever and something pulled whatever and the only thing left in the harness was just his arm like that like yeah there was a lot of bad shit that went over the falls uh there's like a whole wikipedia page devoted to things that went over niagara falls in a barrel <laughs> um but so they're gonna throw so go she brings her to the parents because she wants the mother to write a book about her and the mother's like i already wrote a book about niagara falls i actually kind of like the mom in this moment because she is not She's, like, not playing along. Oh, yeah. At one point... She doesn't give a shit about Millie. She tells Millie, I'll be willing to sign anything, anything you, you want brought. me to. Anything you brought. Because Millie wrote, read her book or whatever. And then she could, at one point she goes, well, it doesn't... Like, she, they keep talking about the book. And then Jay's like, well, it doesn't have to be the whole book. And the mom's like, there's no book. Stop bringing it up. So anyway, like, she just doesn't... She's not giving a shit. Uh, the dad, though, talks about how... Uh, you'd be a great role model for women. And my, myself and my other daughter are uh, part of Claw. Part of Claw, concerned ladies of America West, East Coast Branch. I really, I really, re- that made me just flat out laugh. There are moments where the writing on this show is like the right quirky, yeah. and that like they kind of nail that tone, and that was one of them for me. And it really made me laugh. I loved how Jay kept calling it the wrong name. She was like, "Well, the worried ladies." Or the, yeah, 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 yeah. the anxious women of... <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, the scared ladies, I think she says at one point. Uh-huh. Um, they're like, oh, well, you, we'll, you know, they're always looking for speakers or whatever. We'll do like a fundraiser. You can be like a speaker at a fundraiser. I'm sure they'd love to meet you. You'd be a great inspiration for them. Because because she went over the falls in a barrel, she became somewhat famous and was able to travel the world. And she lived in Paris and blah, blah, blah. At this point, I write down, I am super disinterested in this episode. I'm not really, as much as I like Rue McClanahan, I haven't, they haven't grabbed me. I don't care about this story that much. You went over and falls in a barrel, now you're like a little washed up. Like, I'm not. I knew there was going to be. I didn't give a shit. And then literally the next line is, well, this woman, so they're at this thing and this older woman shows up and she's like, you stole my life, bitch. And I'm lying cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote and that I, all caps. All caps. I am back in because I was like, <laughs> oh, what are we doing here? Now we got some, some beef. And this is where this episode goes fucking weird to I me. I love this part. I got so interested after this. Well, uh, yes. And yes, it is interesting. But the the decisions and reactions that specifically Mahandra has are crazy to me. So here's what happens. This woman shows up and we find out that Millie, uh, Blanche from the Golden Girls, never actually went over the falls in a barrel. Mm -hmm. This other woman did and Millie stole the credit. Chief, she stole uh, the other woman's husband Hank, who was her man, was uh, Room Clan's manager. She was all, he was also her the other woman's manager, uh, and they set it up so that at the bottom of the falls, she was waiting to like take all the credit, and they just rushed uh, the woman who really did it away. And this other woman's like, "You stole my life! Like I should have gone to Paris. I've been stuck in this fucking town for sixty years. Nobody knows who I am. You're famous, blah blah blah." And Room McClanahan is not only not only is that true, and she doesn't deny it, Mm-mm. she's real shitty about it. Oh, yeah. Right? She's like, no one cares about the chunky girl who went over the falls. Like, she's just mean. You didn't have the, the charisma nah, to, to carry go- a world tour. And and she's like, I mean, she just says, like, this is how it should be. And yeah, you yeah, can yeah. go home in your flannel shirt. Or better yet, come back and tell everyone. Yeah. And you'll just be the crazy lady. Like, in the baggy shirt that no one gives a shit about. And I was like, ooh. I, and, like... I liked Rue McClanahan's performance of that. Like, she is a bitch, and she's good at that, and it's really interesting. I do not. I have watched this whole episode. Why is Mahandra on her side? Here's why. Here's why. I think I, I, get, I know what their explanation is, but please tell me. Here's what I felt like. I felt like they decided to make the difference between, like, Mahandra and 
uh, Jay's viewpoints on it were supposed to represent two sides of an argument. Okay. Basically, it almost makes me think, this is where I get deep. This okay, is, okay. This is where I was thinking too hard. Think about it like religion. Okay. All right. So you might have someone like myself who is vaguely religious, but stays connected to it right. because there's a sense of family and community, mm-hmm. yeah. and it gives them something to believe and tradition in. And, stuff, sure. and tradition. Then there's people who are like, well, don't you see all the problems? Don't you see all the issues? The church does this and this and this. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw that like at that point, it wasn't really about character consistency at all. The writing was garbage at that point. Right. Mahandra is like, everything's cool. I never have a strong opinion about anything. And then all of a sudden, she is on this soapbox. Because what she's supposed to represent is she represents people who want things to stay the same because they want the comfort of things being the right. same. Whereas Jay was like, if something's not good, if something's not right then we should fix there it. There be justice. And that's her changing. And that was like, you know what's funny? That part where Mahandra was like, you set her up. You set her up to be love, exposed. That made me laugh and so goes, hard. think through what you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the time. To, yeah. and it was set like, somebody up and she goes, okay, good point. But what, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I, that made me laugh very hard. And I think that was like the, them catching up with their writing and go, okay, this isn't consistent for either of them. Yeah. Like, and also, I mean, Jay is going to be inconsistent, right? The whole the whole sort of premise of the show is that these pe- things talking to her makes her act in ways that she doesn't normally act. Yeah. She doesn't normally help people. They make her help people. So her inconsistency makes sense. But for that to make sense, the other characters around her need to be consistent to reflect her inconsistencies. And that's and now a writing we, flaw. And now we just have Mahandra who's like not only stand. I could almost buy it if she – because her argument is basically like – if we take if we destroy this piece of history, then the town loses. The town loses that uh that mythology and that legend that that, that, that just made the me thing. think of like Bill Cosby defenders. Yeah. You know how like it didn't matter how much evidence was in how their face. How many sixty women they, showed up? Yeah. They yeah, were yeah. just like, No, but you can't destroy but it's not a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that literally would be their argument, right? It was constantly like, but oh, you just want to take down this great man. No, he's a wasn't a great man. We're taking down the idea that you had of him that wasn't true. So if they had made Mahandra go like yeah, she's a bitch, and she's, like, awful, uh, but we need to preserve the mythology for the greater good of the town. I could almost buy that. But she becomes just as vindictive as fucking Rue McClanahan yeah. does and so set and, like, mean to that other woman. And they nicknamed Grandma Flannel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. Like, it just really bothered me. And then it's also forcing me to be on Jay's side, and I don't want to be on her side often because I find her very annoying. Yes. Uh, So I just had, like, yeah, that whole thing really annoyed me. And then, for whatever reason, the bartender just sides with with Mahandra. Eric sides with her. He even says at one point, so they... The barrel that they show up at one point, they have the barrel she went over the falls and they got it from the museum. But when the grandma flannel shows up, she kicks a hole in it. She's like, it's balsa wood. This isn't the real barrel. I have the real barrel at home. And they're like, oh, we can use that to prove your story. They show up to steal that barrel so that she can't fucking prove her story, which would make sense if it was just Rue McClanahan and Mahandra. But for somehow they've roped Eric into helping them. And when Jay says, hey, Eric, what the fuck are you doing? Jay, he's like, please don't ask. I really don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> well, what the fuck are you even? That is such like, you're just a useless character at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that, like, and I, this is a shitty, I don't want a men's rights activist this conversation. And it's actually the opposite of that. That would normally be the like a female, like a a, a female character with no uh, agency of her own. Yeah. would have that thing to say, and you'd be like, "Oh, this is a terribly written fucking female character." But what it is just so glaring when it's a dude because it's not nor- like they normally write dudes better just because it's a sexist society we live in. So yeah. like when he just does that, it's like no one talks like that. What's happening? It's just so weird. You, that's the second time they've done that shit. Like last time he was like, you know, borderline autism. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just like they invent the tiniest excuses for Eric to speak. And like once we get into the next episode, he flat out becomes eye candy, which is hilarious. It, which is very it's it's hilarious as well. Oh, we'll get to that. Hold on. We'll, we'll get, get we'll get that. we'll get to there. But like then so Jay so uh Mahandra and Rue McClanahan get drunk, and that's when they come up with the idea to steal the barrel. They spend Mahandra spends a good chunk of this episode drunk, by the way. Yes, she uh, which does. I kind of enjoyed, honestly. Um because I know people that work at bars, we drink mostly. Um yeah. So they go to steal the barrel, and then uh, Grandma Flannel's like, it doesn't matter. Take what you want. You still know you're a fraud. Your whole life's a lie, blah, blah, blah. And that really – and that one, it's true. <laughs> and two, it really affects Rue McClanahan. 
to the point where she decides, well, if I go over the falls in a barrel, then that retroactively makes the lie true because I have gone over the falls in a barrel. And as soon as that happened, I was like, I know it's not the show, but please let this bitch die going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Like, how <laughs> funny would that be if they? she's like, we did it. And at the net, like the, it just smash cuts to a bunch of ambulances at the bottom of the falls just dragging her corpse out of the water. I didn't think it was going to go that direction. I definitely I, knew it wasn't. Like, it's not that show, but uh, man, that would have made me laugh. Oh, God, that's so dark. Although they do allude to us. They make us think she's dead for like a sec. I didn't really think she was dead. No, well, that's like, well as soon as that happened, like, so... Uh, they figure out that what's happening, and Jay Jay's like, "Well, we have to stop her. If she goes over the fall, she's going to die." Uh, so she and Grandma Flannel go try to get there, but they get stuck. And at one point, I did laugh because like uh, Grandma Flannel's going, "Like you're just me. You're stuck in this town the way I am, <laughs> I, and that's terrifying to Jay." Right? I love that because it was so great for her to just hang out with the old sad version she's of gonna, herself. Yeah, what she's going to become. And there's a point where the truck, the car gets stuck like in the mud. And she goes, you're not, uh, I'm trying to uh, get the exact right line because she says, uh, 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 where is it? Uh, you're never going to get your car out of this metaphor in time, which I thought was good. <laughs> I wrote Because she's down. like stuck in the mud, which I thought was fun. I do. I mean, I was like, sometimes they're really heavy handed with it. Like, that oh, was uh, great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's also just, so there, Jay has a weird line too here where she, so they're rushing to try to stop them because like, well, if she dies, then like Mahandra and J- Eric are going to go to jail because they're part of letting this woman fucking kill herself over the falls. And she says uh, in a little ranty spot, Jay says, Eric goes to jail where he finally meets someone nice and sane. <laughs> that's weird. I get like that's a, like Jay is not those things, but that's just a like, line was funny, but it may, like it's still weird. Jay has like an obsession with prison rape, by the way. This is like the third mention she's made of it. I mean, I guess I date a girl in jail. Yeah, 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 yeah. She reminds me of the type of white girl who describes neighborhoods as sketchy. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. But also would like, like kiss a girl in a bar if dudes were watching. You know yes. what I mean? Like that real sad shit. Oh god. Um. So yeah, obviously she's not going over the falls. Like they, we see the barrel come down, and we're supposed to believe, oh no, she did it, and she's dead at the bottom of the fall. Because it's like cracked open, and it's oh, like the up. outside of a barrel. And it's also, by the way. A barrel. Like, we're saying barrel, but it is exactly what you imagine a barrel to be, but bigger. It's like wooden slats, metal band around it. It's like what cartoons in the Depression wore when they didn't have clothes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a barrel on suspenders. It's that. <laughs> I did like this moment. They come, they drive back to uh, Millie's house, but uh, Mahandra and Eric are waiting there. And, uh, they're like, oh, there's a little, there's like, they try to do a little misdirection of like, oh, you couldn't stop her. Like, it was an accident. It went over. But they're not saying her or saying it because the barrel went over, but she wasn't in it. She came to her senses. She's inside waiting. And she's just sitting on the couch going, I'm a bitch. Like, I she says it that. over. She says it like, I'm such a bitch. I'm ever a bitch. I'm a, I'm a bitch. I kept waiting for her to be like, I'm a mother. I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a love. Anyway. Um, so she's sitting there going on how much of a bitch she is. And uh, I did like this slide, too, where she goes, you know, I was standing at the top of the falls, and it, I realized something, and Grandma Flannel's like, that you're a bitch? <laughs> like, it was a lot of, like, just sort of in-your-face bitch calling that just made me laugh at this episode. Oh, my God. I love that. And yeah. that scene is just so perfect because- It's actually really good. She has this one where she realizes they can fix it. They can go on tour together. Well, what they initially, what she says that she initially realizes, just to set it up, is that she's like, I could not have done that. I wasn't, I would never have been brave enough to go over the falls. And I've been, and that is such a accomplishment that for me to have stolen that from you is actually horrible. She kind of, I think, has made it up in her head. Was like, oh, what? Whatever. She even says earlier in the episode, it was like, gravity did all the work. You just fell. Who cares, right? So now when she realizes, oh, it actually took this incredible amount of courage to do this incredibly stupid and pointless act (laughs) uh, that, oh, what I did take from you did have value and I stole this accomplishment. Yeah. Right. I think that's how she justified it her whole life. Like, it was a silly thing, but I guess I'm famous for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm famous because I have the charisma to be famous. Right, exactly. I blame Hank for that, who's Mm -hmm. probably dead. Well, she says that at one point. She's like, Hank used to have people line, like, when she's waiting for people to sign autographs and nobody's coming. She says, Hank used to have them lined up around the block. But he's probably dead, so I guess nobody's coming. Like, she just says it, like, flat out, which was funny. Uh, by the way, Flannel Grandma, like, asked her about it, and I think she implies that Hank dumped her. Dumped her yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So- no, they set it up that Hank that Hank left her and screwed her over 
to go with Blanche and go be famous. And no. then and then he dumped Blanche somewhere along the way in like Amsterdam or something. Yeah. So this Hank person was just the worst. Um we we probably should drop this this uh big clip this big thing that happened. Well, we'll get yeah. Well, this is my <laughs> absolute favorite part. I wrote it on all caps Well, I'm, as you were saying that she realizes like we can fix this. You were starting to say mm-hmm. like we can uh we, we you know we can give you your life back. I, the 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 claw is going to send me on this big tour, and you can come with me, and we can tell your story, and I'll tell the truth, and everybody will know that you're the big. She fucking keels over dead, heart attack dead. I busted out laughing. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Perfectly I- timed. Because it also worked like tonally. You'd think at that moment that this show is oh. Jay did the thing she was supposed to do. Everybody's going to be it's all uh, happily ever after. And no, Rue McClan is very dead. And it cuts to their funeral. <laughs> you just they just sit there like I'm just going to call her old Jay slash grandma Jay, grandma grandma flannel. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like poor bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the four of them. There's nobody else there because she doesn't have any family. She doesn't have any friends. Um, but this is where it also confuses me. Right, so she dies. They have a funeral for her. She's cremated. Mm-hmm. But then Grandma Flannel walks out. Take, walks out dressed like Rue McClanahan in With the same. new this, bitch attitude. Yeah. She has the hat on. I was just like, okay. It's literally the same outfit we first meet Rue McClanahan in. Yes. Right? And she is now going to go on the tour, but pretending to be. Millie Marcus pretending to be Rue McClanahan. They cover this a tiny, whiny bit in the very, very beginning mm. because what ends up happening is after um, after Grandma Flannel like calls her a fraud and all that stuff, she right. cancels the appearance. Right. So the people from Claw never actually got to meet um, Rue right. slash right, Millie. Right. So, so that's how she can take her spot, except for the fact that she has died. People, like, that is a... How do I say this? One, there's death records. There's been a funeral. She's been cremated. So, it, And also, in a town where she is essentially a local celebrity, her death would be news. Yeah. They, like, did, they made her celebrity convenient. It was definitely fading, right? Obviously, people didn't know, care about her anymore. But it just depended on who was talking at one point. <laughs> right, like right, right. The girl who works at the at the Niagara Falls gift shop does not who, know she, who she is. Right. But the girl who works at the bar at Niagara Falls is obsessed with her. It was like really weird and inconsistent that way. They did try to explain why Mahandra was so obsessed with her in a one fucking thrown away line, which I thought was very weird. When she first, she's like, I'm going to get her autograph. And she shows up. And she's like, you're Millie Marcus. I know you. My father is the guy that fishes the dead body out of the bottom of the falls. <laughs> like, that's Mahadra's dad's job, and that's why she's just obsessed with things that go over the side of the falls. And live. And <laughs> and she lived. Uh, um, <laughs> they also addressed that they paid for her funeral because she had a bunch of traveler's checks in her purse, which I think is adorable because, like, that is such a dated thing of, tra- like, no one has traveler's checks anymore. No one, That's not a thing. Uh, then we have this weird... Come to Jesus moment where we've kind of skipped over because it's actually, I think, before the funeral, where Jay and Mahandra sort of have it out a little bit about why Mahandra freaked out so much about this and why she took uh, Mark and Millie's side so strong. And her argument, and this, this, this I thought really fell flat for me and really just failed. She says, like, you've been freaking me out so much. You're talking to inanimate objects. Uh, you're helping people. All these random all these acts of kindness. Comedy. He's like, what's happening to you? And you, she, and she's like, I feel like I'm losing you as a friend because we used to tell each other everything and you're clearly hiding all this stuff from me and you're changing and we're not talking. So Jay says, remember, Jay comes clean, says, remember the lion that I told you about the lion to talk to me? Well, it's not just the lion. These things talk to me. They tell me to do things. I'm not sure if I'm crazy, but I follow them, blah, blah, blah. Which I thought would have been a perfect jumping off point to continue. Like, they're doing that a little bit with the brother, right? Yeah. Bring her in. And now you've got the brother, Mahandra, and her. Maybe you don't bring the, the boyfriend into the sort of Scooby gang fold of helping the inanimate yeah. objects. But, like, that's a good evolution for the show. Yeah. Mahandra just goes, well, whenever you're ready to tell me the truth, I'll be here. <laughs> it was dumb. I also hated the idea that Mahandra could have this whole, like, 
out of body personality flake experience because she was so worried about her little white friend. Right. I, that a hundred percent. She doesn't. That, yeah, that's it's an that underdeveloped that, that half mammy fucking nurturing, taking care of this white lady like, character that is. She can be so much more, particularly the actress. I really enjoy. I think she could be more, but you could also have room to make this character matter in the show, and you just don't for no reason. And it also goes entirely against that whole argument because her the reason she freaked out is Jay is not being open with her, not being honest with her. Jay then, according to Mahandra, continues to not be honest with her, and then Mahandra's like, eh, whatever, we'll just be friends again. Like, there's no... That doesn't make any sense. That just that annoyed me. Then we have this. The other issue with this episode is it's like fucking Lord of the Rings. There's like nine endings. It just keeps. <laughs> I, I thought the funeral would be the end. Nope. And then we see, oh, Millie. She's dressing up as Millie. She gets in a cab. The, the guy asks for an autograph, but she signs her name first. And goes, oh wait, no, hold on, let me do that again. She has to sign Millie's name. Okay, that's gonna be the end. Nope. Now we're at the fucking falls, and she's got to uh, throw her ashes. Uh, Jay's gonna throw Millie's ashes into the into the falls. Yes. And Jen, and Erica, the bartender, is there, and he's saying there was some setup in the beginning about like he's got he's two Erics, he's pre Heidi and post Heidi or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's got this phone. He's still getting these messages, but he's letting Mahandra answer them and delete them or not delete them. But he says, no, I've got to get ready. There's only one Eric. It's me, this Eric, and the now. So I'm over this. And he takes his phone and he throws it into the falls. And that's his big symbolizing. So I guess supposed to be him symbolizing that he's over the, the, the wife leaving and blah, blah, blah. At which point I did laugh where she said she's like, now it's her turn to throw Millie over. And she's like, well, you're all here. Well, most of you is here. Some of you got on the cash register, which I found right. <laughs> I just like the idea that she's dumping ash, like body parts in this fucking gift shop made me laugh. Uh, well, she just took a bear out of that barrel. Barrel. She just, yeah, she, they gave, what's so crazy is they give her the ashes in an urn, but she makes a point of putting it in the barrel, which, you know, she's going over the falls in a barrel. It's symbolic or whatever. And the bear said it's never too late. Right, right, right. And, cute. and uh, she throws it over. She again gets fined again, like she did in the beginning for this time for littering. And that's the end of the episode. I, I feel like the show, and we'll get into it in the next episode, which is fucking wild. Um, there's a lot. This next episode is, is something else. But yes. I feel like it's getting, it's finding itself tonally in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's figuring out what kind of quirky it is and, like, kind of getting a little more consistent in that, even if, like, the actual writing of the characters isn't being consistent. Um, which brings us to episode number eight. Love sick ass. <laughs> the name of this episode because there's a donkey that tells her to do things. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was at the point where I was like, they need to sort of shit or get off the pot with the Jay and Eric storyline. Yes. Get them dating or not. I here's the thing. I would be fine if they fucking don't date at all. And I would this preferred sh- it. Kind of, yeah. Right. Let make this show be. Jay's journey to becoming a better person and it doesn't have to relate to a relationship or a man or even like if she was a lesbian a woman it doesn't need the romantic element it's already kind of fanciful and romantic as it is right yeah just the 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 conceit of the show this episode is definitely that right it's them you know spoiler alert by the end they eventually are going to go on a date it opens with Mahandra and her watching Eric install cable on Jay's trailer mm-hmm. or satellite dish or something. <laughs> and they're having the dumbest conversation about like, oh, it's like an apple. You could bounce a quarter off that button. I enjoyed all of that. It um, was fine, but I want to say you're talking about a guy. Now, maybe. You wanna you- know, no, do you want to know how I took notes? Yeah. I measured if I would fuck Eric. Because I was like, <laughs> I kept going. That is my question. I kept going back. I was like, how do I feel about Eric? Like, I was like, I'm, I could tell he was going to be a major focal point. So, in the first one, I was like, let's get a one up his can. I was like, eh, a six. He does have a nice butt. <laughs> okay, that was my question because I wasn't sure he did. But then he pops the top off. And he's so skinny and skinny so and pale. And then I put a four. I <laughs> <laughs> like that you gave it numbers. Uh, I was just like I kept letting my feelings progress yeah, throughout yeah, the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it drops off pretty hard at one point because he's no, a but then he goes way up. I get and that. I'll tell you when. I get that. I get that. I get that. Um, so that's happening. Uh, Mahandra does the kissy face thing with the monkey and the lion, and then 
the monkey, the monkey and the lion talk to each, each other and go, "We don't like this." Yeah, it's a inappropriate touching. This isn't fun for anyone. Is the exact line. And again, it's weird because they don't talk otherwise. If yeah. there was ever a moment where she walked into the room and they were just like mid conversation, <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay." And then I get this world. But, but they have a soul and they're the own people. It's like, no, right. they're there to give her a message. Right. They just convey a thing, or at least that's what we've been led to believe. Uh, we cut to like there's a brief interaction there where he she gives him a bottle of water. He's he is pushing more into like trying to get her to like either admit she's interested or not, but without actually b- doing the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he at some point you have to just go, hey, do you want to go on a date or not go on a date? But then you got you you're just pathetic at some point. Um, there's a little bit of that interaction. It's fine. I didn't. I didn't really get a whole ton out of that, but whatever. It sets it up. I get what's happening. She definitely to Mahandra implies that he's a lovesick puppy, and she doesn't want anything to do with. She him. does say something to the effect of like he's he's too eager, smitten and eager, and that's a bad combination or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, we then cut to the town where there is a woman who's gotten off a bus or a plane or something. Here's what's so funny. I knew before she opened her mouth that she was going to be Russian. <laughs> I just knew it. And it it's it's the it ja- leopard print coat. It's the coat. It's the it's the leopard print coat with the fur collar. Yes. It's like the cheekbones. I just one as soon as I saw her I was like, "Oh, Russian. I know it." And uh she's sees someone walking up with flowers. She for a second thinks it's for her. It's not. He goes behind her to some other woman. And then she's sitting there waiting. Clearly, she's waiting for someone who hasn't shown up. Mm-hmm. The Right before the credits, she like kind of makes a little bed on her luggage and lays down. She's stuck there at night. Um, let's get to the – let's just break down the main crux of the episode. She is a Russian mail-order bride <laughs> who has shown up at Niagara Falls because she is supposed to meet her husband, her yeah. Amazon.com husband, whatever. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I worked – I used to work at the post office years and years ago, like a temp, and uh, it was like a, one of the big like processing plants, not like a local little post office, like one of the big, big plants. And uh, I worked with a dude who had a mail order bride who also worked at the post office. He was this creepy little white dude, and he had this, I don't know if she was Vietnamese or Thai or something, Asian mail order bride. And it was the creepiest relationship I have, like, you couldn't talk to her. He'd freak out. He was, like, the most, like, like that's my wife. I have a receipt. Like, it was fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> I have a receipt. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> I would be so fucking mad if someone purchased me and sent me across the globe and to I work at the a, post I office. a goddamn job. <laughs> the fuck am I doing here? I could do this myself. That's the whole. <laughs> yeah, no, that, oh, boy, that annoyed me. Uh, anyway, so she has shown up for this person who hasn't shown up. She uh, – the the inanimate object is a donkey. That's what the love six asks. And it tells her the boy needs a girl is what it says. The girl, boy needs ne- a girl needs a boy. Girl needs a boy. Girl needs a boy. That's right. And she thinks and it's she about her and Eric at first. Thinks about her and Eric. And then the donkey changes. Oh, the girl needs a donut. And she's oh, you're right. And there's a box of donuts. She opens it up. There's no donuts. Goes outside. Eric is sitting with the girl who's clearly sad and broken. And uh, he's giving her these donuts. And Jay's like – he says, oh, I was just coming to see you. I was going to bring you donuts. But I gave him this fucking woman who slept on a fountain last night. She's clearly hungry. At she this came point, he's at a Russia. five with me, by the way. Because Okay, real quick. Real <laughs> I quick, real quick, going. real quick. I appreciate that, and I like the updates. <laughs> Is he at a five? Has he dropped? Because. Well, he was at well, a he was a six. Dropped because of the shirt. Yes. Now he's back up to a five. Because he looks compassionate. Because he looks compassionate. I was wondering if he lost points for giving Jay's donuts away because Jay is fucking pissed about these donuts. And now, granted, that's the cover. He's, she's jealous because this girl's getting attacked. I actually would have taken him down for bringing Jay donuts because she's clearly not showing him any interest. Yeah, so yeah, why yeah, the yeah. fuck would he show up at her job with donuts? I was like, that's mm-hmm. a bitch move. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, about yeah. to put him at a three. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he gave him to this woman in new, he need. You know? uh, I love it. I love it very much. Uh, <laughs> Jay is being very shit. Now, for someone who's like has gone through, we're at eight weeks of helping weird, stranded, wayward people, there should be some amount of, like, compassion that's just sort of coming out of her now, right? Where she sees someone in need, she should have some, even if it's begrudging, she'd be like, she should have some amount of, all right, have the fucking donuts. But she's still Jay, so all about her. She doesn't give a shit about this lady who's starving. She, to the point, then goes, you think she's one of those Russian mailer brines? You know, sex slave. (laughs) And the woman's like, no, sex slave. I came here to be bride. 
and some sex, but no slave. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, good for you. Good for her. Um, there is a line that if it didn't drop him to like a two in your scale, I'm going to be – it's just gross. I may have missed it. Okay, it's fine. So she's – she finds she uh, Eric's trying to tell her like oh this woman's in love she actually loves this husband she has all these love letters that she that he wrote they'll come back into play later not the best poems but she finds them very romantic and uh, she he says to Eric says to Jay you, oh you've never been in love I get it now that's why you don't understand oh I thought that was cute that you was, think it was cute? condescending no 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 it was cute and the concept of oh you've never been in love I get that now fine the actual line is. You've never been in love. That's why those letters make you cringe. It's a language you don't yet understand. I love that. I don't. <laughs> no one talks like that. You can if she if he had said, "Oh, you've never been in love." That's why you don't like the letters because you don't get it or you don't you don't know what that whatever. No one says it's a language you don't yet understand. I love no one that. talks like that. Was, he seems so like positive and self possessed in that I, moment. I'm with all of that. I thought he seemed that confident. Line. He I, did. I he, get that. You know, he was back at a six. Or no, nine. God damn. <laughs> I didn't oh, write that, it down. That I line, will. I hated that line so much. I'm adding that in my notes. Not that it matters. <laughs> so, the, uh, I like douchebags, though, a little bit. I can't you. Like, I was, like, having less, like, the, the more whiny Eric looks, the less I like him. I'm like, that's why your wife sucked off that bellboy. Like, you're so boring. And so, <laughs> Word. Word. Um... um so the main crux of this episode outside of the Russian mail order bride is the will they won't they of Jay and Eric mm-hmm. and Eric is starting to be a little more forceful and sort of like you got to stop giving me these missed messages sort of a thing which I think is good and you got to give this fucking guy a spine at some point yes the Russian mail order bride storyline gets fucking crazy I enjoyed it so much I loved it but it's nuts so but also I kind of called part of it um they go to the wedding. So she's supposed to be meeting him at this wedding chapel at 6 o'clock. The reason why she was at the Niagara Falls is because he said the Fountain of, of love, love. And she took that literally, but it's actually the name of a chapel. like right, a, a wedding chapel. Like a, yeah. Like a, yeah, cheap wedding chapel or whatever. So they go there, find out he's canceled. They the, canceled the credit card, canceled the reservation. There's no, there's no wedding. And she's heartbroken. And they're like, well, well we have to can't you tell us who it is so she can find him and they're like and very rightfully so the woman's like well if she's marrying him shouldn't she know his fucking name (laughs) I'm not giving you this information this is weird Eric full on passes out because he's around wedding stuff (laughs) right and it's supposed to be he's not over Heidi yeah that must have lost him a couple points yeah okay yeah yeah back at a four (laughs) (laughs) it's a ping pong yeah yeah because it's not good no 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 um but he full on like passes out, and she steals the the page from the registry with the address on. I it. was so focused on the fact that Jay assumed that he did it as part of the sure. Cover. That's what I thought was. I funny. was like, how did she not like his eyes? She's like, yeah, yeah you were a little over the top when your eyes rolled to the back, back and of your you're head. foaming at the mouth. He says, <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't. Yeah, uh, she yeah she thinks he's doing it so he can that Jay can steal the address, but no, she he really is just having this avert this ridiculous reaction to being around the concept of wedding. <laughs> At this point, I wrote, uh, so I wrote, these are my notes. Someone canceled the booking of the wedding chapel. I feel like this dude is going to turn out to be a kid. And then the next line is the bartender passes out from being in the chapel. So I called it before I even got the address. I called it. And yes, that's exactly what happened. They show up to his house and it's a 13 year old kid. Alex goes, it's a catfish. It's a kid. It's a kid. No, damn it. It is a kid. It's a 13-year-old kid. He used his dad's credit card. That's why it got canceled. Was that Spencer Breslin? I don't know who that is. When I was a child, that actor was on every TV show. Okay. Name one of them. Uh, everything. Like, okay. uh, he was in, like, the uh, the the Santa Claus. And... Oh, I think it is. That looks like him. Oh, that's definitely him. Yeah, I just brought up the yeah. thing. That's definitely him. Okay. I called it. It was Spencer Breslin. Um, he lies about his age. I oh, yeah, the lies. kid with Bruce Willis. I remember that being a thing. Yeah, all these movies. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. He says, he's, they're like, how old are you? He's like 16, 15, 14 on my next birthday. Like, he just, like, keeps dropping. And later on, his dad goes, you're 12. And so like, yeah, 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 yeah. That was very funny. Um, the kid is a 
psychopath. He really is. You 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 feel sorry for him at first, and then you're like, well, no, I didn't, insane. I didn't feel sorry. The second he shows up at that trailer and starts going like, I'm here to collect my bride. It's like, no, no, you're, you're a fucking creep. I don't like you. The second that happened, I was like, no, you're talking very much like she's a possession. I don't like this. He also used photo aging stuff, because this is one thing I was like really stuck on. I was like, how did she... he fool this grown-ass woman? Like, yeah, the trailer yeah, with something yeah, gross yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But he said he used photo aging software to... To age himself to be yeah the he's picture like, he sent made him look older he's like this is what i will look like and it's like oh come mm-hmm. on um they wait way too long to tell this kid's parents what's happening way too right yes. so they for some reason decide to take it under their like take it's their job to teach this kid why he, what he did was wrong and like how to treat women or whatever. Side note, uh, very stupid throwaway line. The Russian bride, when she sees that Peter is a child, goes, I need a bigger Peter. Yeah. <laughs> so it was dumb. By the way, good with the voices. You got good accent work. Um, yeah, he says, let me have my bride. He's very like angry and freaky. Um I wrote at one point, I'm afraid this episode is going to become problematic. And who boy does it? Um, <laughs> Jay goes to the sister. So now the woman is staying in Jay's trailer. Mm-hmm. But now Jay's getting pissed because the woman and Eric are starting to have a little interaction. Yeah. Um, she makes uh, she makes them dinner, which is a, a whole fish in a jello mold. <laughs> it's just one whole fish in a block of jello. I don't know that Russians eat that, but fine. Um they drink a little vodka, whatever. There's a whole scene there. Jay goes to, we'll come back to that in a second. Jay goes to the sister mm-hmm. and is like trying to figure out how to get her back to Russia. And <laughs> no, she literally goes, deported. she literally goes, can't you just deport her? Which is like a call back to the other episode. But what the fuck, Jay? That's some calling the cops on, that's some white lady calling the cops fucking horseshit. Permit patio. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Oh, I did. That made me very angry. Uh, also, this situation got real messy. Like, you're, he is now, Eric is now kind of being shitty, right? Yeah. Because he shows up with a bottle of vodka to Jay's trailer, but for Katya, Katya the Russian girl. And now she, Jay's like, oh, well, this is a date? And she's like, no, it's not a date. You can be third wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now the three of them are having dinner, some petty shit. And on it was Eric's like, bed. nobody wanted that jello fish. Like, it wasn't about the jello fish. Oh, it was so fucking gross. I thought that was hilarious. There was one little throwaway line where the sister's like, isn't it crazy that you moved in with a woman before me? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. They have so they have this weird. No, that that was very funny. Jay, the sisters kind of. That's it. She shows up again at the very end, but she doesn't really have like a part in this episode. They really haven't figured out what to do with her sideline. No, no. You know, she showed up briefly in the previous episode, and then also they made a reference to like I think Jay says something to like, "Oh, are you going to go see what's her name or whatever?" There's like a little mo- like reference, but it just was felt shitty and unnecessary. It feels like the sisters in each episode just be like, "Just so y'all remember, she's gay." Gay sister, by the way. So gay. when we say gay shit, it's not horrible. <laughs> Um, they take the kid to the barrel because that's where, of course, you should take a child to that bar. And they try to sit down and be like, you don't, you're not ready to be married. The kid is like, by the way, the kid says some of the creepiest shit I've ever heard in my life. He's the His family has a cabin on the lake or whatever. And he's like, I can take you there and, and provide for you with this cabin, blah, blah, blah. But at one point he says to Jay, like, I can keep you safe at our cabin. We have a basement Oh, that is that is sex slave fucking serial yeah. killer talk. That kid's got issues. Um, so they go and they're like, "You can't. You're not ready for an adult relationship." And he's like, "Of course I am. I got, I got money." Uh, he, he's like, "My friend was bar mitzvah, and they said he that made him a man, and he's six months younger than me or whatever." And they're like, "That's not what that really means." There's this whole thing of them trying to be like, "Hey, you're the fucking. You're just a kid. Knock it off." Yeah. That is not your conversation to have. Just go tell this kid's parents, you know where he lives. He went way too long. You went straight to his house. (laughs) You know where he lives. Just go talk to his parents. It's it's insane. It's fucking insane. Um, Then we find out. So the kid's like a fucking psycho. He uh, gives himself a black eye and then tells Jay that Eric punched him. And like, uh, which I thought actually they handled well, where like. She just goes to Eric and's like, "Oh, hey, by the way, that kid says you punched him." And he's like, "I didn't." She goes, "No, of course you fucking didn't." <laughs> but this kid clearly gave himself a black eye. We have a problem. This kid's an issue. Like I thought that mo- like it would have been very easy for there to be like fake conflict of I can't believe you punched that kid or whatever. How much you want to bet they did? They and then they just that. let it go. And yeah, we're like, yeah, 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 that yeah, was yeah. dumb. I wouldn't be shocked. He asked her to go to who that kid's a creep. He asked her to go to. Uh, 
uh, opera. He tries to take her to the opera. Just for anyone listening, he's following. uh, The kid... Peter, yeah, uh, just decides that he's in love with Jay. Jay now, yeah. Because at one point, Jay gets super frustrated with him and throws him against the wall, and she's like, "Listen here, you little zygote." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she calls him every variation of an unborn like, like child. Embryo, it's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "You've got fire in you," and I guess he's in love now. <laughs> now he's in love with Jay. So, but also, he's twelve, right? Yeah. Little boys get crushes very easy. Like that part would be fine if he was just like, "I have a crush on you, and I'm going to show up with flowers and." I want to take you on a date. That's one thing. Yeah. I want to lock you in the basement of my parents' cabin is a different take on that. <laughs> um, he says to her, she, there's a weird interaction. So Eric and Jay get in a bit of a fight where she shows up. She shows up when, after the kid gives himself the black eye. He's like, what, we got a Peter problem. He's in love with me. He's asking me on a date or whatever. I think at one point she goes, we need to talk about our son. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's funny. I forgot about that. That is very funny. She did. Um, they have a bit of a fight where he's like, did you just come down here to give me your mixed signals like in person? I don't understand. That made me go up Up to like a seven. Yeah. I I get, like, I, that was my first real moment of like. Stand up to Jay. Okay. That was my first real moment of like, oh, they gave this guy a spine finally. Good for you. And he basically is like, you, you know, you've made it very clear you're not interested. You know, and she's like, when did I make anything very clear? Which is actually a very uh, – Actually, valid point for Jay of like Jay never makes anything clear. Yeah, she doesn't have any fucking solid opinions of her own. Uh, he's like, she's like, when did I make anything clear? And he says, oh, uh, he's not my boyfriend. He's just a boy. No, blah blah blah, like all this stuff. There are like three points in the episode where someone asks if they're dating, and yeah, and yeah, Jay yeah. like Janae, Jay denied him like Judas. Like, yeah. like, no, I've never seen very him in my life. Very fast, very <laughs> fast. Um, she's so she's like. Well, there's only one thing I can do. I'm going to have to start dating this kid, which was a very weird sentence. Oh, my God. But she shows up. He – well, so she shows up. No, that line happens post Eric going to see the dad, right? So Eric goes to the dad's job to be like, we have to talk about your kid. And the dad turns around and is like, what about my kid? And then the next shot is Eric now has a black eye. Yes. And we're led initially to believe that this guy punched him. And he even says, like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that thing about his wife. And that I said that Peter's learned, uh, clearly taking his cues on how to treat women from you. Uh, and you're like, well, that doesn't sound so bad. It's like, well, it turns out his wife is dead. Uh, the, so we find out Peter's mom has died recently. Yeah. And that's part of why Peter's reacting the way he is. Um, so we're like, oh, so this guy punched you because you brought up his dead wife, which would have been perfectly fine by me. Like, like that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but then we find out, like, immediately, oh, also, he didn't punch me, but he is why I walked into that forklift. Well, why? Why? We don't need that. I will say that once I figured out that the mother was dead, I put two and two together that the dad was going to end up in a relationship later really quick. So it would have been a lot for him to be the kind of dude who would just punch a stranger in the face, but then we're supposed to root for him romantically. Yeah, I guess. But also, like, I am not root. We'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that because I am not okay with that relationship. But we'll get really? There. I thought we'll, it was adorable. We'll get there, but it, who? I'll tell you how I justified it. We'll get to it. Okay. So, uh... So that happens, then there's the fight, and then Jay is like, well, I gotta start dating this kid, which is a very weird fucking angle. But she shows up to the for the opera, which apparently is in a church, because that was clearly just a church. <laughs> they have no money for set. No. they're None. just they, Yeah, for sure. They're just driving around whatever town they can. Those weren't extras. Those were just people leaving church. They were, <laughs> they're not involved in the they're shoot. Like, Operas have steps. Right. It's this'll, steps. This'll do. <laughs> um he, this is such a creepy line. The kid says, you're not dressed for an afternoon of Tchaikovsky and heavy petting. <laughs> I wrote that down. It's so creepy. And she goes, ew. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first time she acknowledges some of the stupid shit that he's been saying this whole time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy petting. He takes her in the car and there's this moment where she's trying to tell, like, he's trying to, he's like, oh, I bet you're, you're like, you're. Your boyfriend beat me up or whatever. She's like, he didn't. You know he didn't. You're lying. And she he says, Why how can someone with eyes so beautiful be so blind? Which made me laugh. Um and this is where we get these like we have found out that the mother's dead. He that that's also why the kid is constantly talking about I can protect you, I can keep you safe. Mm-hmm. She has well she drag she takes him from this date to the dad. She just drives straight to the dad. Like, we got to talk about your kid. This is an issue. Uh, he's hired a, he hired a mail order bride, brought her here. And the dad's like, you know, you bought a woman? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he's, he's like, I'm going to keep her safe. You should have kept mom safe. And you didn't. And he's like, well, she had cancer. And he's like, you should have kept her safe from carcinogens and power lines. 
That made no sense. I, I thought the mom would have died in like a car accident or something. Sure, but also I get the idea of a child having a hard time dealing with his mother's death and yeah. blaming his dad. Like that's I it's it's over the top, but it at least makes sense. Mm. Uh and does also go a little way to explain off like why he's immediately latching onto these women so t- harsh. Yeah. It's because he just he doesn't have a mom now and he misses this female kid love. I get that. Um there's this whole thing there where it's like uh he's <laughs> They, you know, now you should have protected your wife, blah, blah, blah. That's what you're supposed to do with your wife. It's really uncomfortable. And then he says, I'll show you how to love and runs away. <laughs> and then Jay Jay and the the husband, the father have like a little brief interaction where he's like, yeah, you know, where's Kacha? What, whatever they have, it's like two lines. And he goes, I'm going to go make sure he doesn't steal my car. And the next scene is he's absolutely <laughs> stolen her car. He's driving away. By the way, he is 12. Um, can't see over the steering wheel. Uh, I don't know why he's touching the gas pedals. Swerving all over the parking lot. Yeah, 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 which I enjoyed as well. But then there's a lot. He, she runs to the barrel to try to get Mahandra's car. Mahandra's like, nope. Uh, she says, what happened? Well, this is also really dumb. So Mahandra says, like, she says something to the effect of what happened to the mail. Like, do you remember that mail, mail order? Like, what happened to your car? Do you remember that mail order bride? And she says, yeah. And she says, well, that's all I have time to explain, but I just need your car. Which is, like, supposed to be snappy dialogue. But no. No. No, that's, no. you have time. Just tell her. Basically. <laughs> says, I don't trust people who lose their cars. <laughs> right. Which <laughs> is a perfectly reasonable response. <laughs> I'm not giving you my car. Because Jay literally says, like, I lost it. Well, then, no, you can't have my car. You lost yours. That's not how that works. Um but Jay is concerned that the kid's going to fucking kill Eric because the kid's a goddamn psychopath. And that was the kid's plan. So she eventually steals Eric's car. Mm-hmm. There's a, a snappy bit of dialogue, uh, air quotes, where she's like, where's Eric's car? And Bahadur says, in the parking lot where people with cars keep them. And Which is a shitty thing to say to someone who has a car. Like, that just doesn't make sense as a line. He goes, well, where are key, his keys? And he's like, in his pocket where people who have pockets keep things like keys. And it's like, can you just fucking snap? <laughs> Obviously, she's in a hurry. Can we just move it along? I kind of appreciated that. Uh, uh, I don't know. It just, it just, it's like, it felt like super forced quirkiness. That's true. It just didn't feel like genuine. Uh, and then Mahandra says, since when do you need keys to start a car that doesn't belong to you? And, she, and Jay's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because somehow she's forgotten she knows how to steal cars. <laughs> also, why does Jay know how to steal cars? She's just a brown philo- philosophy student. Like, she's... She's from Brown University. She's not like a hood. She's not from the streets. They've not written in. She's only the barest of delinquents in that she like has a shitty job. She's gotten into a couple fistfights, but those were all explainable. Yeah. I don't know why she's supposed to know how to steal cars, but she does. She steals Eric's car and drives up to the the cabin. Well, where I don't know where that is, by the way. Well, the kid had said the cabin on the lake, which is not enough of a like. There's I'm sure multiple cabins on that lake, but fine. But also. Just ask the dad where the fucking cabin is. He knows it's his cabin. There's yeah. like very easy ways to get there that just didn't write. But that's where this fucking kid becomes the most psychopath because he has lured Eric there under the guise that Jay has hurt her, like hit, passed out, hit her head, and he needs his help. And as he leads, so Eric goes walking in ahead of him, the kid picks up a fucking baseball bat and is going to bash Eric's fucking skull in. This is when I gave Eric a nine. Oh, okay. oh when he caught the bat? <laughs> oh, my God. That angle of him catching the bat, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at him, reflexes and muscles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did I write? Oh, like full-on wood fuck Eric. Is what I wrote in all that. <laughs> like, you have to get to an eight or higher, and then I'm like, I'm down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he's going to smash fucking Eric's head in with his baseball bat, but Eric catches it and is like, I could kick your ass if you want. You're a child. But <laughs> the kid's like, please don't. And then they have, a, I guess, a moment where he's supposed to be like, look, I get it. You love Jay. I understand why you love Jay. I like Jay a lot. He has a line. The kid says something of like, uh, oh, where is it? Uh, I, he says, the kid says to Eric, I'm smarter than you, and I can't solve the riddle that is Jay. Oh. Ugh. This is when they Jay's got- not a riddle. She's just kind of a bitch. Like I'm tired of this treating her like she's this mysterious princess. Then the next scene must have made you sick because there's literally a part where they just like sit around and describe how unique and special and complicated Jay is. And I was like, oh my god, this is manic pixie dream girl nonsense for two men to sit around talking about how special this boring useless woman is. It's yeah. just like ah. And also, they I called don't- her a Rubik's cube at one point. Oh, I hated. I hated every part of it. There is also – I want to give Jay some small amount of credit 
she does continuously tell Eric, look, I'm a mess. I might be crazy. You don't want this. That's true. And Eric's like, no, I have to have it because I can fix the mess. Like, she's just that bullshit archetype. Jay shows up in Eric's car, tells the kid to go get me a soda or whatever. Uh, and then Eric and Jay have their moment where Jay, like, I actually did kind of like this one line where Eric says, like, starts to talk. And Jay's like, I don't want this conversation. And Eric says, it's not going to be a conversation. It's going to be a speech. So listen up. And I was like, oh, good for you, Eric. Fucking <laughs> grab a spine. And he basically lays it out like, look, I like you. We're either going to do this or we're not. So let's go on a date is essentially the uh, rock of that conversation. She's like, what about the crazy? What about the mess? And she's like, it's like oh, we'll see, blah, 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 whatever. She kisses him. Mm-hmm. And which I actually like that moment. She gives him this kiss, and he's like kind of confused. And she's like, "You know, when you go on that first date, and there's all this tension because you haven't kissed yet. Well, now we can just go on that date." And he's like, "Well, I still have some tension." And they like kiss a little more, and I was like, "Okay, was that, that reference to his dick." I, I kind of thought it was too, but then they kiss him. And I was like, "Okay, I think they were just trying to be sweet, but it oh. did feel it felt a little dick like." Yeah, it did. <laughs> and then there's this moment that I just fucking loved because it's like they're really cute, and then the car explodes in the well, background. The kid, well, here's what happens: the kid walks up. And says, also again, they are, there are, there's very shitty ideas about men and women relationships given to this kid throughout this entire episode. Yes. He shows up and says, congratulations to the victor. You have won her, good sir, or whatever. She is not a possession. She's a human being. You didn't win a prize. Stop it. Stop telling this kid this. Like, I just, it very much annoyed me. And it's supposed to be this moment where we have an idea of like, oh, like, he's like, you know, I'll be okay or whatever. And then you see this giant ball of flames because the kid has set Eric's fucking car on fire. And he's like, I'll be okay eventually or whatever the fuck he says. And they they kind of go like, huh, that kid needs help. He He just tried to murder you a moment ago. Twice. (laughs) This, Well, this is more vandalism. But he, if his plan had gone accordingly and you weren't able to catch the bat. And he also, there's a point where he goes, How, what, the kid's like, when did you figure it out? And he's like, oh, the whole time. I'm an adult. You're a child. Like, I saw through your plan. But, like, that kid's plan was murder. This is true. That's like, he's gonna not okay. The head the That's not okay. Um, we have skipped the other end of the storyline that has not come up. And it's the relationship we were talking about earlier. <laughs> This was, I, I have, now I'm starting to see this was really dumb. Like it was so, the Koch is staying in the trailer, and the father shows up at the trailer, and he's like, "Oh, you must be the mail order bride. I'm Peter's father," and she's all upset. And he's like, "Look, I, I get it. This sucks, but I'm gonna pay for your flight so you can go home." And she's like, "Ah, oh, no, I'll go home. America, blah blah blah." She has some bullshit line. But then she starts talking about like she's mad at him because this kid is broken and needs help, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have any pa- like his mom is dead, but he doesn't have a dad because you don't give him any attention. You're not loving him. He needs love. Blah blah blah. He's a tortured poet. And the dad says, "What do you mean he's a tortured poet? He's not a poet. I know my kid." And he goes, "Well, hold on." She takes out the love letter. See what he wrote, and she starts reading these lines. I etched your name on a cloud, but it disappeared from the, when it rained. And I etched your name on the beach, and it, the tide stole it. And I etched your name on my heart. And then the father starts to finish the line, and we find out that the letters were the love letters he wrote to the kid's mom. The kid found them and copied them and sent them to Katya, which in and, of it, the kid a in and of itself a psycho move. I wrote that down very much. In and of itself a psycho move. Yeah. She then is immediately like, oh, you wrote the letters? And then they're just fucking. Like, that's literally, the sister shows up and the trailer's just bouncing up and down and Katya comes, like, she knocks, Katya comes to the door, like, wrapped in a sheet or whatever, and she's like, oh, I figured out a way to get you home, and then he shows up with a pillow over his dick, and she's like, oh, she can't go home right now, I don't think she can ever go home, but you could go home, please. I also <laughs> love the look of panic on the sister's face, yeah, yeah. because when she first rings, the, like, knock uh, the door, she thought, yeah, 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 she's yeah. like, okay, Jay's in there, and she's living with this girl, uh, and, and it's rocking, yeah, 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 and yeah. then the girl answers the door, neck and she's like, oh, are we? Jay in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That was great. You're right, it was kind of weird and gross they got together. I, I but also, was like, oh, that'd be cute. Then was, fucking right away was gross. It's not even just a fucking right away. Your clearly damaged son <laughs> has at least in some fictionalized version in his head fallen in love with this woman. So your move as a dad who has at best a rocky relationship with this child is to fuck her immediately? You don't think there's going to be backlash to that at all? This kid is a murderer. He's or attempted kill- murderer, at least. 
He's going to kill them both in their sleep. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to set that fucking trailer on fire, and then Jay's going to be homeless. That is not responsible parenting. I really, that bothered me a lot. Um, but that being said, I like this episode. I, uh, there was a lot of twists and turns. It, it was interesting. We and, finally got the shit off the pot. You and, know? and again, I feel like, the show is figuring out what it's supposed to be in some way. Mm-hmm. It's not the writing's not perfect. We definitely need to get some more backstory or whatever, but it is at the very least getting what kind of quirkiness it's supposed to be. Yeah. Sort of figuring out what stories it should tell. I agree. So that works for me. Um, still in? Still like, I um, can't wait to see the next episode? I'm actually very curious. Yeah. I really am. I'm curious to see what happens with Jay and Eric. Um I love that these side characters never keep going because the next episode would be Peter killing both his parents now. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Peter, if they did like a 20-year reunion, Peter would be in a jail cell <laughs> for, for sure. certain. Uh, anything you want to plug? This will be out Thursday. All right. Um, things coming up next week on the 21st. I'm going to be performing at the um, Austin Center of Women's Art, I believe. Um great show coming up so I'm super excited to be on that and um, as always I have a podcast that I do uh, called Extra Salty you can find on iTunes definitely check that out I uh, this will be out post the sting so thank you for coming to that uh, this Saturday I'm at Batched Comedy at the Batch on uh, it's called Batch I believe the Kalachi place yeah. on uh, on airport mm-hmm. no on Mainer Road just uh, east of airport so come to that uh, um, Monday the 16th I'm at Spider House on ATX Comedy Hour and then I have some other stuff in the works you'll hear about it soon enough uh, if you like the show rate, review, subscribe tell your friends give us five stars on iTunes remember the Patreon we just put out the first Patreon exclusive episode uh, last week it was very very funny we had Martha Kelly and Pat Dean on that there'll be another one coming next week we're going to do those at least twice a month so go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon you can find that link on my Twitter and on CancelPod Twitter so check that out and we'll see you next week there's one thing really mystifying Got me laughing now, Scott